Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're here at our very special. Just uh, you know, uh, let me let me start again. Hannah, why don't you do it? I give up. I give up. And we're here. And I we're hate here. this. <laughs> I hate this already. Never mind. <laughs> Gal, Gal, you give it a shot. Let's hear your version. Ooh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I can start today because I have two exciting announcements. Wow. Yay. Yeah. So, hello, everyone. <laughs> Um, number one, I just ate half of a pie. Number two, yes, and it is I early. Went- <laughs> it is early. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, it's I had no groceries. <laughs> totally, totally. But love I did it. have pie. How, how could you top uh, that? Sec- What's next? Maybe I should have done it in a different order. No, that's um, perfect. The second one is. I went on a date last night. Okay. Oh my God, I love that she it was the not pie horrible. Over love. I'm cutting off the announcements. The number one exciting announcement is that we have a special guest joining us today. Her name is Lane Moore. Just for those of you who have heard the third voice with no explanation. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Hannah Hart, for Jesus. being fun she, she also values food over love, so she already really relates in this context. So, um, But yeah, uh, Lane, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And Hannah, go ahead tell us about your dates you yeah. were on a date last night <laughs> yes oh but also tell i us feel more so about the silly pie. for not making lane more my second announcement that was so obvious it's okay uh, i get it you had pie on the brain and i mean like the possibility of love those are the two things everybody wants it's like and i feel I'm like good too but i feel like the earbuds and us we all just went on that journey together because totally I, yeah we totally <laughs> yeah oh thanks guys <laughs> so how was um, your date yes well, it went well. Yeah, I thought, um, I yes, I want everyone to know it went well, even though uh, in the previous episode, I was talking about um, having a dating app and then just being filled with despair. Um, apparently, that's a very common feeling. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I literally do a comedy show about that feeling. So <laughs> <laughs> Tinder Live is literally that, that feeling. So I'm, I'm say no more, but also say more. You do a comedy show entirely based off Tinder? Yeah, yeah, it's called Tinder Live. Oh my god, and I, that's I put right. my profile. Yeah, I put my profile on a big projector screen. People vote whether I swipe right or left. I like tour the country with it. It's so fun and it's super kind. Oh my god, you gotta come on like that's... whenever you can. It's the most fun. It's like Mystery Science Theater with Tinder. It's totally improvised. Sometimes people oh are in the god. audience. Sometimes people's friends are on the screen. Like we chat live. I play a super 
super straight woman who was like very horny and like oh, maybe wow. had a lot of ecstasy. <laughs> and it was just like, hi, oh how's it going? I don't understand anything, but my boobs are so horny. Like, it's oh like, my God. Great. And then uh, love her. Wow. So I, I feel that your life. So I know your life. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like, and I've been doing the show like five years. So I spend like most of my life on Tinder. That's, uh, that's, I mean, Hannah, I, I, I would you say man, that. You I, must have seen it all. I really, truly, truly have. In, whether like on stage at Tinder Live and off Tinder in my personal life, I've seen it all. I feel <laughs> as though I have. And I'm still quite single. <laughs> so that's okay. Hey, I mean, okay. don't knock it, you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Well, Hannah's single too. Sometimes, as a person in a relationship, I feel left out. I'm sorry, guys. Never mind. I, I never mind. <laughs> <laughs> as a person and as a relationship. Yeah, I just. Uh, oh, I want to be cool and say no. You know, that's the thing. It's like I promised myself that when I was in a committed relationship, I would never be you like never romanticize being single. The allure of being single because you you for, you're gonna forget. But see, that's what we do. It's like it's like you know you feel like oh I want this relationship, then you get in your relationship, you're like oh I miss that freedom, and you're like what freedom? It was like a prison. <laughs> Like it's not free. Doesn't feel like that. So it's just a different set of setbacks and triumphs. Totally, mm-hmm. and like just constant. Mm-hmm. It's like constant excitement and constant fear. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but tell us about this pie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, tell us about the love in your life. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. What kind? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of pie was oh, it? Kind of pie, not you know, the kind of person. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> oh, it's it's worth discussing. It was uh, an apple pie from. Julian, mm. um, provided to me by my lovely friend Christine, and, not by uh, your date. Your date didn't bring you pie. Veto, <laughs> <laughs> veto. Next no, but date. he did buy several cocktails, so that was appreciated. <laughs> okay, I'd still rather have the pie. To, to be honest, I love apple pie. <laughs> we. This reminds me, and I promise I'll bring in my Hannah Hart uh, directional podcasting in a moment. But as long as we're on the subject of food, <laughs> yeah, uh, very erotic subject in and of itself. Ooh. Last time Hannah was in town, we went and got udon. Okay. And oh my god! The people sitting next to us were recording. Um, they had a camera with them, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, maybe they're making food videos, maybe they're vlogging. Who knows? You know, in, in today's day and age, somebody carrying around a big SLR, a DSLR, you know, camera could with mean a anything. could mean anything. Yeah. And it's also so easy to just be like, as long as it's not pointed at us, whatever. Totally. So the couple sitting next to us <laughs> was filming their food, and as someone who's had experience filming things and with food, I couldn't help but like kind of casually notice that like the way that they were recording was weird. It stood out to me. I was like, wow, this is a weird shot to get of that egg. Like, this is a weird shot. (laughs) Like I just, I was like, I was like, I don't know if that looks like something I want to eat the way they're doing it. Um, But it was all still very like artful. And then Hannah and I were talking and then they jumped into our conversation because they thought we mentioned a band that the guy knew. Remember that Gelby? Oh my God, no. What band did we mention? <laughs> we didn't mention a band. He misheard us. We said our friend's name. Oh, right, right, right. right. God, you have a good memory. Yeah. I was already just in a fog from the Udon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Hannah asked, Oh, what are you guys filming? And the guy says, Oh, just this like food videos. It's, I don't know. And then the woman says, it's food fetish. I was going to say the whole time I was like, porn, it's porn, it's, it's porn, it's porn, it's porn, it's porn. I know this is porn. It was porn. Yeah. But I waited for the story. I didn't want to jump in. I didn't want to ruin the magic. I was like, but I know it's porn. I appreciate that. I really <laughs> because do. Because the weird angle, you're like, it's not Instagram. It's something sinister. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Literally. Like something more niche, yeah. Well, they had like a soft boiled egg and the woman was opening it up and like separating oh, it with yeah. the chopsticks. And I was like, that do not look good. Like, yeah. here I am in my innocence being like, that doesn't look tasty. Who wants to watch this? And it's like people with boners. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, from anybody. Yeah. So, speaking of boners. Absolutely. What a special day that was. <laughs> it was a very special day filled with memories. Um, yes. Lane, we've asked you, Lane, you and I actually met years ago at um, a camp that was thrown by Autostraddle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't have a voice then either. You didn't. This seems to be a theme. Where do you think that yes. comes from? <laughs> I don't remember what was happening at that time, but I think it was a similar kind of like I was performing a lot and traveling a lot. And I think it was like also at that camp, like just talking 24 seven between like, you know, like I was doing stand up and I was doing panels and you're talking to campers because everyone's so cool. And then it was like and you're also talking over loud music. And like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. My voice has a threshold. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those of you who might not know, Autostraddle is uh, the number one website for girl on girl pop culture. Is that still their tagline? I think I, it no is. I don't know either. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, and I don't know if a camp still exists. Does it still exist? I've heard tell. Okay. Well, so there you go. Um, but we met there and yeah. uh, Lane was very, very funny and very charming. And we recently got back in touch because you have published a book. Yeah. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I know you know what that whole process is. I yeah. do. Yeah. You know. You yeah. Know. We can cry about it later. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Hannah Gelb does it. I have no idea. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it just it's just weeping. It's just weeping. A lot of baked goods. Uh, some mm. it's like holiday weight, but for years. <laughs> just like every day, it was like, how do I get through this? I'll eat a brownie a day. Mm. Good for me. I will lose this weight at my own time. Yep, on my own pace. Or not. <laughs> yeah. So, what was the uh, what's the impetus for the book? Yeah. Um. So it's called How to Be Alone If You Want to, and even if you don't. Um. And um. I wanted to, you know, I've done a lot of things. My career kind of started, um, you know, I was doing stand up and I was doing improv and then I wrote for The Onion and then, um, you know, I wanted to be a comedian and, it, you know, I feel like we both had unconventional careers and that it's like you're just trying to make whatever you can. Like, I know that's marked so much of your career if you see it that way, but we're, I'm just being like, I'm going to put stuff out. Someone let me in. Like, I'm going to put some stuff out my own way. Because I don't think the traditional ways are going to work for me. Like that's totally been my career. And honestly, when when I'm here in the analysis space, I'm I'm just a podcast host, man, co-host with Anna Gelb. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so start start as if we've we've never even met. Like, wow, that sounds like a real journey. What? <laughs> Sorry, now I wouldn't know anything say, about that. I, yeah, I am so impressed that you wrote for the Onion because oh, thanks. For me, I mean, I'm just like, well, they that is like the just the top tier of humanity are the people who write. Totally. For the like, I I you? love you know, as <laughs> it was it was absolutely my dream um for a long time and then it was like, Oh my god, I am doing this and it was, you know, just a whole you know, what a beautiful, like, first real job. Not like real job, like I've worked like over like three hundred places in my life. But um but, you know, my first real in the field I want to be in job. It was just like, oh, thank God. But um, but yeah. So anyway, I guess all that. Oh, yeah. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, so here on Analyze This, uh, <laughs> I think it's really interesting to kind of get the perspective of people. We are a, a lucky group that gets to work in the creative field of our choosing. And the struggle to maintain and sustain that is constant right and it's own it's got its own pitfalls and its own battles um so 
when you got the job at the onion when you were like yeah. wow i'm making money in the field of my choosing well i don't know about the making money well i was <laughs> gonna yeah. say i was like does the onion even have pay writers <laughs> it was not it was not great that's something i talk about in the book like i was still like really like just really really struggling and i remember you know i was writing for a few well-known places at the time and everyone was like you must be killing it and i was like i can't even pay my rent like i'm just because they pay you by the article or yeah it was just it was like a weird you know i was i started off as an intern so i wasn't being paid and then i started off and i was doing i was a writing fellow and that just like paid so like this isn't even minimum wage what is this you Mm -hmm. know and it's just it's it's something i talk about and how to be alone so much because one of the things I wanted to talk about is how much of a privilege um, having a family is because I realized when I started, you know, working professionally in the arts that so much of the structure of of the arts is with this assumption that you don't need the money and it's just all prestige. Mm. And like, you're so lucky to be here. So like, you don't need money, right? You have rich parents. We all do. Right. And I was like, I come from nothing. I come from no one. Like I'm doing this on my own. Like, no, I can't swing that. But like, you have to because that's the way the industry is. And it's so fucking bizarre. And we don't talk about it because then that is why, you know, we have so we're we're here so much of who we're hearing from are really, really, you know, people who come from really wealthy families and really great families. And we're not hearing from perhaps more marginalized people who don't have like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll cover your families are like, we'll cover your rent for a year because you know, you're working at this incredible prestigious place and you can't afford bread. Like mm. it's, it's mm. hard. It's really it's unfortunate. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about it cause we don't ever talk about it. And yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I think that's interesting. So for your experience of, uh, you know, so it's not enough, it's not enough money, but, um, I guess kind of like aside from that, do you remember what it felt like? People always ask like that question, at least to me, like, when did you feel successful? This isn't that. And I yeah. feel like it really separates people, um, from understanding that it's not a feeling that like becomes your new life. Yeah. It's more like, how do I, am I, am I doing this right? If I'm not happy yet? Like, am I doing this right? If I don't feel successful yet? Well, it's, yeah, it depends. It's like, it's like there's tears, T I E R S not like, well, there's oh, also tears. tears, but <laughs> I, I don't think that I felt like that at the onion. I think I still felt like I was really proud. I was so proud and I loved my coworkers and I, it was, I felt so much like, like I'd found my people like I was in a room with comedy writers every day and this is what I dreamed of and you just have that moment of like oh my like it felt good yeah I still have that moment of like we were all just little kids who wanted to do this and look at us we're doing it and you know had that feeling it was a really like it was a beautiful time but I don't I definitely didn't feel like I made it. I think partly because of the money. I think that was partly it where it was like, yes. Also, I'm still picking up trash on the street and trying to sell it. Mm. Like, just like, so there was like a weird, like everyone around me was telling me like, you've made it. And I was like, and (laughs) if there's any bubble I can pop for people, there's so many creative people, so many artistic people that assign the idea of art making or the idea of writing, et cetera, et cetera, as something they could never do because it seems like, well, this is a great gift that's been given only to a select few. Yeah. But the reality is, is that it's not very romantic on the other side of it. The, not really. the dream is way more romantic. The dream is way more romantic. And I'm still, you know, I try to hold both parts because I also don't want to be that person who's just like, this isn't that great. It's like, no, it is great. I get to do everything that I have dreamed about doing since I was fucking born. Like, this is wonderful. But I just want to, I just like exploring all sides of it. I like being fair. I don't, 
you know, I even do that with like, since the book has come out and like on Twitter, like I'll post about just like, I'm really depressed because this is so wonderful. And like all my dreams are coming true. And this is so great. But on the inside, I'm still kind of this like really sad, lonely little kid. And all those feelings will still come up. Like there's no one thing that happens where you're just fine and you're healed. Like it's not. And I just, that doesn't mean always wanted to talk about those things. Yeah. It's, it's, oh my God. It's yeah. <laughs> it's the passion this and the is resonating, pursuit. resonating super hard. <laughs> well, but it's I important to talk this, about. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I just had this like little, the same experience when I had my last therapy appointment. Cause I think I go into therapy every week with this weird kind of like, Oh man, I'm going to talk to this guy and then everything's going to be sorted out. And then I re-realize every time that like there is no person, no job, no hobby, no, no whatever that is going to make everything fall into place and life makes sense all of a sudden, you no, know, dude, and it's like kind yeah. of crushing every time. <laughs> it is, but I know, I know, because it's like you want to just be done, but it's like, I will say that was not to like. Nah, I don't think this is skipping ahead but like I, a big part of how to be alone is that like it doesn't end with me like getting married like mm-hmm. I feel like so often when we hear people's stories but particularly women's stories it's like when I stopped wanting it that's when I found oh, it oh there is a whole chapter about all that fucking bullshit of like, of, like here's what it is and then it'll magically happen it's just like oh shut up that's so not it because like in the book I was like I did all those things like I just started doing all of them I was just like I'm gonna be friends first I'm gonna stop looking I'm gonna let love find me I'm gonna you know whatever whatever I did all of them and then I ended up in an abusive relationship like mm. Like, so it just was like, this is not, this is not a thing, but fun fact, lesbians are the number one for IPV. I think it's like intimate partner violence. That doesn't Uh, surprise me. So it was a relationship with a lesbian. And so that was like, and that was another thing that I found that to be, let's just sit with that for a second, not float by it. I found that to be so shocking that I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and Fact check me, everybody. But yeah, I I don't know what it is. Like, Gelby, part of me thinks it's like emotional repression. And then like when two women are in a relationship, it's like even more enmeshed of like, how could you hurt me when I care about you and me and this and that? And I was not surprised to find the amount of emotional abuse was, or specific that term, um, intermittent partner violence, I think, uh, was in, you know, same girl on girl uh, relationships. And in a way, it kind of made me be like, whoa, women are so powerful, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What a weird take, but I get it. I mean, I think that, so that was a big, I talk about that. So I'm attracted to all genders. And I talk about that a lot in the book where I wanted to show a book, because I hadn't really seen this done, where it's like talking about dating men and women and and any gender, really. um, And it being the same, because we do romanticize that like, especially with bisexual and queer women that like, oh, well, if you would just, I say that this happens on Twitter all the time. I'll talk about a date with a man and there'll be like 30 lesbians who are like, well, Lane, if you just choose women already, I'm like, first of all, choosing women is not a thing for bisexual and queer people. Like I fall in love with whoever I fall in love with, their gender is their gender. But also like, don't act like that. Like I've dated so many abusive lesbians. Like don't act like women are this magical safe thing. And I talk about that in the book and I've heard from so many specifically like queer and bisexual women who are like, thank you because we want women to be this, this safe haven. I wish there was a gender that would always treat me well. Of course I would only date that gender because that's awesome. That's not a thing. And so it's, yeah. it's, that's it's so disappointing to hear that fact, even though it's very <laughs> bleak. <laughs> like, Gelb, go ahead. Oh, um, no, that, 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 uh, that was it. 
okay, cool. It's so hard because you're not here, guys. You don't know this, but Hannah Gelb is recording uh, remotely right now, so we can't see her. Or maybe you do oh, already I know, know that. But I do have a photo of Lane's face up on my laptop, so it's kind of like, Oh, good. You I'm get there. it. <laughs> yeah, just pretend it moves. <laughs> um, and it's wearing a 90s dress, and which I probably am in the photo as well, so it's all... Yeah. Well, now that we've burst the bubble that lesbians aren't perfect, let's take a quick break <laughs> and, and then we'll return to hear more about how to be alone. Hey, buddy. You know, I have a kind of an exciting. <laughs> well, what about what? I kind of have an exciting story to tell. Ooh. Yeah. Um, actually, I just realized it's not that exciting at all, but it is very exciting to me. I purchased a lamp. <laughs> um, not the way not the and- way most exciting stories begin, <laughs> but I hear you. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, it was. it's very exciting for me because I have this old lamp that's stupid and ugly, and I don't like it. And also, this guy that I dated like two years ago gave it to me, but I'm so cheap that I just haven't like ever gotten another one. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something nice for myself. I'm going to get a small item that is going to improve the quality of my life in a Boom. small way. Yes. You know, and that's how I feel about nice underwear. <gasps> That's a, first of all, yours was way better than mine. I was just going to say underpants or a bra for your butt cheeks, but this is <laughs> <laughs> the lamp. I mean, I really like that. And I am proud of you for getting rid of that lamp. It can be hard to let go of the things that have really outworn their use, much like a pair of older underpants. So, in fact, maybe you should get yourself a new pair of underpants today. And what kind of underwear? Why, Tomboy X, of course. And you don't just have to get yourself a pair of underpants. You can get bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, toys, toys, toys and bunks, toys and bunks, (laughs) trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, razorback bras, and everyday basic colors or fun seasonal prints and brilliant colors. Ooh, I want a color that makes me smarter. All you guys. Yeah. It's amazing. And the options are extra small to 4X. So ditch that underpants that's got a lot of baggage and try on Tomboy X. Okay, I'm ready. Here I go. I'm going to do it all in one breath. Okay, I have to say I feel a little a little victimized by that last statement because my underwear are a little baggy because my butt is so small. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean by the... Uh, no, no, it just reminded you of your um, butt, and that's a fun thing to think about. Okay. <clears throat> I'm yes, t- go ahead. Here we go. One breath. Go to TomboyX.com slash Hanalyze and check out their special bundles in pack pricing. And Hanalyze this listeners get an extra 15% off with code Hanalyze. Again, code Hanalyze for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash Hanalyze. Uh, beautiful, dude. You know, yeah, in these dark times, do something nice for yourself. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> do something nice for yourself. Damn it. Like, <laughs> like listening to the next thing we say. Oh, yeah. And we're back. Okay, Woo. so, like, let me ask, okay, describe the book. Yes. As if, like, when you have a title like How to Be Alone, and yeah. with the advent of, like, a lot of people love guidebooks and this and this and that, For sure. what's the structure of the book? Would you call it more memoir? Would you call it guidebook? Like, what is it? 
It's, I feel like it's like, it's like a self-help book for people who hate self-help books, Mm. but it's also told through the vehicle of a memoir. So it's like, here's my story. Here's how I came to these conclusions. Here's how these things have impacted me. Here's what's informed my decisions. And so, um, it kind of takes you through, you know, how to be alone. I feel like for the most part, especially with the, like, if you want to, and even if you don't like people get, um, that it's not like screw everyone, but, I wanted to write a oh, book. I mean, it's got a great cover, guys. It's got this like phenolo- Thank you. I phrenology. I so on that. Yeah. yeah it's it's got, the like, inside of my brain. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's a oh, cover. Oh, yes. And the categories are just so wonderful. Like Jim Halpert. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a whole chapter. <laughs> so the image on the cover is, um, it's like a, a phrenology style looking head. Like the, and it just basically, or like it just shows the quadrants of the head yeah. and it's a silhouette and it looks, it's definitely the kind of book that I would gravitate towards picking up. Yay. Good. Really I, great I, cover. I put, I was, that was very important to me. There were a lot of, a lot of crying while working on that of just like, it's gotta be perfect. Yep. And I know what I want. And like, yeah. And there's also, if you look at the cover, there's little hearts in all four corners. Those like, can we put hearts? Oh, because um, I was just like, why not to kind of balance it between this aloneness and this love, which I feel like is just me. But um, <laughs> so what I wanted to do is um, I wanted to make a book for people who the if you want to and even if you don't was for people who you know, or just like people have been really hard for me. And like, I want to feel comfortable being by myself, screw this, or people who just are alone. And they're just like, or feel alone, whatever. And they're like, okay, maybe this is just my fate. But like, instead of looking at it as this like, death sentence, maybe it can be this beautiful thing. So it kind of the way the structure is, um, I take you through me as a little kid, and I didn't grow up with family really I've raised myself and uh, I've been on my own most of my life and I'm um, so kind of I've had an extreme aloneness my entire life and um how I was like a super hopeless romantic little kid and then I go into my uh teen years of just like being in love with my female best friend and like just all of that terrifying stuff and you know like are you queer is this queer I don't even know mm-hmm. and you know friends friend interactions and like how you if your family isn't really great, then you try to find friends because you're just trying to find love. And then I went into, um, you know, yeah, just kind of, it just kind of, I guess, I guess as opposed to going through like the entire book, I guess what I'm trying to say is I took it through meaningful moments in my life where I was constantly trying to connect with people Mm. and what happened and then kind of take you through, and it's all aspects. It's not just love relationships. It's like connecting with friends, connecting with coworkers, like just all. Yeah. All forms of, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that what, uh, you know, and it it is hard to grow up, you know, without the same familial support as you idealize or perceive. Um, Everyone's got their own, everyone's got their baggage, right? And it's kind of like what you do with it, like is, is the course of your life. Uh, I think, (laughs) I think that there's a real, I really admire, you know, looking at that craving of partnership and accepting that these aren't lessons that you'd been taught necessarily. No, these aren't yeah. things that necessarily you got the opportunity to practice on with, yeah. with the benefit of unconditional love. Totally. No. Um, but it also might provide some resources that yeah. you didn't know you had until you look at it in reflection, you know, like you're a writer. For myself, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, I've been very, very grateful that I came into this world with like, I came into this world into a, a nightmare, <laughs> frankly. Um, but I also came into this world knowing like it is, it is of value. I, I thought as a little kid, I thought two things were true. I thought that everybody had like a nightmare home life and was just like trying to not die in their families. And I thought that everybody had a deep sense of destiny of what they were supposed to do with our life. And I found out that none of those are really true. It's they're actually both kind of rare. Um, 
but I always knew, always knew like I was going to be an actress, writer, singer. That's how I saw it. And like, I wanted to be a funny actress. So like I always knew like comedian, writer, singer, like I knew. And that saved me because I was able to take all of the, you know, just studying comedy and just kind of like as a distraction, like I would just get very involved in fantasy and would just kind of practice for my future life when this wasn't going on. And I was able to make the art I wanted Mm. to make. So I kind of started putting in my like 10,000 hours at like five. We have a question. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Hannah, I wonder if you were wondering the same thing, but (laughs) so Lane, did you, uh, you ever read any fanfic? Have I ever read any or write any? (laughs) (laughs) Little column A, little column B. Have I written fan? I've read fanfic. Okay, so a friend of mine, so I'm like obsessed with Stevie Nicks. I want to play her in a movie like deeply. It's like one of my life goals. Okay, okay. It's a whole thing. I also do like- So you've written Elaine Moore fanfic where she becomes Stevie Nicks in a movie. Yes, and where Stevie Nicks is my mom. I write that fanfic every day on Twitter.com. Oh <laughs> I'm just constantly like, I'm still available for adoption, Stevie Nicks. You're welcome. And then she she does. Um, it's very brief fanfic. I loved it. Um, but my friend sent me, there's this website, and you can find it, and you so should, um, where it's like Lindsay Buckingham, Stevie Nicks fanfiction, and it's all these, like, it's so amazing. You should go Google it. And like, I want to do something with it somehow, because just because it's so funny. But also, I feel like none of the fanfics mention uh, a character named Lindsay Fuckingham, which they should. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> that'd be so good. So in a way, I've written my own. Yeah. As I mean, I've gotten is Lindsay Fuckingham. It's like when people say, well, I, the only reason why I ask is because you say when you like say escape into fantasy. Totally. Uh, it's like, I want, I was curious what, you meant by that like the Got fantasy it. of your future life like what yeah to some de- so to some degree it was two parts so um one thing i talk a lot about in the in the book is that um i became obsessed with tv and movies and music and the dedication page of my book is just all tv shows and movies and music because as a little bit and Stevie of, Nicks written multiple times. Oh yeah, I think she's the fourth person listed. Yeah, uh, behind Fiona Apple. Oh, um, and Nina yeah. Yeah. Uh, we snap. Gel, me and Gelby saw Fiona Apple in Tokyo, bro. In Japan. What? Oh, I've never oh, been more great. of a person I can't see. She was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, like I love she's her just. So I think. Much. I I um. I did. Uh, I'm in a band called It Was Romance, and our second music video I directed, and it's a shot for shot remake of Fiona Apple's Criminal, but with lesbians. And if you haven't seen it yet, Woo! I know. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds yeah. so awesome! It's amazing. <laughs> I'm very proud of it because I, I wanted to queer something that she's so personal to me. That video is so personal to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, go and check I it out. I love that she like she's so brilliant. So but brilliant. she's not like she makes like one album every decade, you know. Yeah. And I just appreciate and that take because- that time. I just did. Um, I did a podcast the other day, and they were joking. They were like, "Well, she needs to get back in the studio." And I was like, "She will get back in there, but she is ready. She is. She <laughs> shut your mouth. Like she is on her own timetable, and we will respect it. She is a queen. So <laughs> yes. So what? Then again, do you mean by fantasy? So music, Absolutely. art, TV. <laughs> yeah, just like was really, really obsessed with um was obsessed with TV shows and just would get lost in those worlds, you know, and then and then lost in my own world of like, you know, I would talk to my soulmate in my head, my idea of this person, and we would talk every night and just like just that kind of um this current reality is too painful. And I still retreat to that sometimes if my life gets really painful. I will still you know, sit in my room alone and like talk to my pretend soulmate in my head or whatever, just whatever yeah. I need, just that kind of, 
I think it's a very healthy, very weird coping mechanism or throw myself into TV shows and just live in that world, wrap myself up in it like a blanket. Like I'll just rewatch like currently it's glow. I'm obsessed with glow and I'll just like rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And just like, Mm. I feel like I'm in it and I feel like they're my friends and I feel like they're my family. And it's like, and then when the seasons end, I'm always like, and here we are again. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and then I just started again. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to know that line between entertainment and escape. That line yeah. be- of, you know, sometimes we need to take breaks from our reality to calm our nervous systems back down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the hardest part is that, you know, if you come back into your reality from your break, and your nervous system just immediately spikes back up, then that might not be. That might just be escape, right? It's like, it's, but, I think but so. there's sometimes I don't know that I'm ever entertained though, like in, yeah. in a passive way, because, um, what I do is, and I've always done this and it's great and it's awful, which is that whenever I'm consuming, whatever medium I'm consuming is I'm always taking notes on some level where like I'll watch Parks and Recreation and I'm like, oh man, this is so good and this transition's so good and I love this character development. I'm gonna make a note of that from when I write a TV show or listening to a song and I'm like, oh, this chord progression is so good. What is it about this chord progression? Like I'm always deconstructing everything I'm listening to, which is my own form of entertainment, but I never watch anything passively, but, ever. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I do too. Wow. It's Because like, yeah. I'm always want to be learning and it's like my own way of studying what I want to do and perfecting what I want to do and still very entertained by it and so blown away by truly great TV or music. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to absorb. Um, I was just pausing because I, I, I feel I can't see you, Gilb, so I don't want to like be like, talk, 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 talk. Um, <laughs> I know no, there should be like a button thing. that you yeah. can press to like let us know you have something to say in the next 30 seconds. Exactly. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, she has a oh, comment. I'm, a, I'm filled with thought. Ah, good. <laughs> filled with thought is good. I have two brief things I want to say in response to that, which yeah. is one, I like to read a, not, a lot of nonfiction. Um, Me too. And it's That's great. Yeah. And I, when I'm reading a book that I really am enjoying, I read it with a notebook open yes. because I'm not studying the subject, but for some reason it m- makes, it helps me. I just Absorb love to it. take notes. Yeah. I just love to take notes. Yeah. Like I'm reading this book called Sapiens right now. Yeah. And I literally have my notes as if it's a textbook. And I that's my process of enjoying it. And that and those notes will never go anywhere. So it's you just, get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's like it doesn't seem it's not the way other people enjoy it. But for me, it's like it's like a win win. And I did that even as a kid where it was like I would watch Strangers with Candy and be like, brilliant, brilliant. Why is it so brilliant? Oh, I love that. And the way that just trying to figure it out. Oh, Unless it's because we both spent a lot of time alone as kids. Because yes. <laughs> I was just like, Hello. it's a way of participating with the book. I'm interacting with something. Oh, God. <laughs> Not God. someone, but Man. something. I've got well, a teacher. It like... It's a TV. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It sounds like you uh, you're, have such a, um active and like uh, uh, muscular like <laughs> imagination. Ooh. I would say that's true. If there's any part of me that's muscular, it's my imagination. (laughs) Can't say much for other things. Do you think that that's part of like you were saying, like you know, you from a very young age, you knew had this sense of like your destiny. um, So maybe you were just born that way, or do you think it maybe was also like an effect of being alone so much? Totally, I think it was actively. Yeah, I think some of it is I came into the world just this like really excited like full of wonder little kid who just wanted life to be so much greater than it was and was really you know um i talk a lot in the book about relating to um 
other really whimsical, passionate, romantic orphans like Matilda and Pippi Longstocking and Anne of Green Gables and like all these just like really like weird, excited, like I love words and I want to be, I love romance and like I can't end, but like their family lives were horrifying. Mm. Like you look Mm. at, you know, Anne of Green Gables, like she came from an abusive home and like, yeah, she was like, you know, but like those stories, I wonder all the time and I thought about so much while writing this book, like if the reason those stories resonated so much with little kids and with adults is because a lot of us were being abused and neglected and we're, or weren't being as treated in the way that we deeply needed to be. Mm. And we really resonated with like this similarly like messy, weird little kid mm. who deserved and wanted so much more than she was getting, mm. I think is. And do you, yeah. is that, you have a, an excerpt from your book, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's about time we give the earbuds a little taste of, <laughs> How to be how to be alone and what they can ex- expect. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, love that also, we just I, I feel like we're together. such a fancy literary podcast when people read things. I love it. <laughs> I know. I'm. A, it's. And this is, you know, there's also there is also an audiobook as well, which I love, and it was so fun to do because I got to read it and I got to do like accents and impressions and voices, and I sing in it at one point. Like, oh my god, it was just everything. Wonderful, because it was like that performer part of me that was like, yes, yes, I get to do all of the like, yeah, Yeah. it's like me telling you like seven hours worth of stories. How excited do you think (laughs) that uh, that little you? Totally. would feel if you were sitting next to yourself on the couch right now and to, to be able to know she that you lose ju- her mind like literally like because I talk about song lyrics that I wrote like for and it was romance song and I write them in the book and so when you're reading it they're written but in in the studio we were like what if I sang it like just acapella and then there's like on an audiobook um there's music like intro and outro music and I was like I could write something for that. I could just play something for it and so it like Again, just that convergence of absolutely that little kid who was like, I want to do all the things. And like people tell you, like, just pick one. And it's like, here I am sitting and I wrote this book and it's it's funny. And, you know, I get to play music and I get to sing and I get to do everything I wanted to do. Yeah. When you have a lot of desire, a lot of creative desires, uh, picking a direction can feel really daunting because then you feel like you're alienating all your other creative aspects of self. But I think you've, you've really hit the nail on the head, which is that picking a direction just means you're going forward. It doesn't mean that all the other all the other options disappear. Absolutely, which was so important because that was such a big, big part. And like, I think that was the most frustrating thing for me with my career for so long. Just I was like, I want to do everything, but I don't want to be paralyzed by that. Where I don't know which direction to go, and I've got to go because everybody will tell you to pick one, and I think they do it. I think they mean well to just be like focus think, so you can move forward. Yeah, but I think like, they mean just work, work, just, toward just go one. towards something at all. You know? Yeah. And that's, but that's what happened. It's like, I went toward that door opened up and it's like, but it really has like all of it, you know, now I'm getting to write. And like, I shot a bunch of TV shows this year that are like, that's awesome. And my band's next album is coming out in a couple months. And like, it's, it's all going after this one thing. Everything else really, I've never given up on anything else. Like it's all branched out. Do you think little you would think you were cool? Oh my God. Yeah. And I have moments like that (laughs) where... I have moments like that when I'll be really hard on myself and I like, this is very dorky, um, but every now and again, I'll have like a conversation like with my inner child and I'll like feel like I'm not good enough or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just see myself as a little kid who's like, you did everything we wanted to do. Like you did it. And it's like, yeah, she's really proud. Yeah. Cool. 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 I I think think I was going to cry on this. Oh, what? Welcome to (laughs) analyze this. We got, we got tissues right behind you. Where did you think you were? If you hadn't cried 
and you know my inner <laughs> never would have been invited back yeah what if i what if i was like i'm a monster land my whole inner child uh path that i just took was to make sure we got your tears at no um no i think i think that you know uh, just sitting across from you now like picturing that little girl in the same way that you are like oh stevie nicks is so rad like there might be a little girl out there that's thinking about lane more and being so like weird. Lane Moore is so rad. Just so weird. And yeah. so cool. No, that's me. Yeah. I'm that little girl. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Lane Moore, like, she does multiple things and she wrote Thank a you. book. <laughs> I'm so impressed. It's so beautiful. I don't. So that's another. Can we grab her signature while she's here, Gelby? I'll grab it real quick. I'll grab her. Do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, all tears and inner children along with us. I'd love to hear the excerpt from your book. Yes. Wonderful. Um, okay, great. Um, in the very, very earliest years of my life, maybe around five, I remember my mom telling me she believed in me. I don't remember what it felt like, but I can see it in pictures. And remember in that hazy way where you remember things from when you were too young to remember things. My mom loved me. And in the years that followed, she became so shattered from my dad's abuse, as we all had, that it was like she was dead. So the only voices in my head were my dad breaking me down to nothing and stepping on the pieces and the constant fear I would die. We would all die whenever he felt it was time. And even though my mom didn't have the same kind of viciousness, no one in my family was supplying any alternative views on my worthiness either. Um, okay. I, sorry, I was, I was trying to say something. Okay. I reached out to my mom and my sister at the end of writing this book, and I can see now the truth of what happened to all of us was heartbreaking. My mom, and later my sister, coped with my dad's maliciousness by leaving her own body and mind, resurfacing only to, as if possessed, repeat many of the same things he'd said and done to her, to us. They don't remember most of that, which for years I thought, bullshit. But the more I talk to the women in my family, the more I know they truly don't remember a lot and they are horrified they passed on his behaviors. And I understand that because I don't remember a lot, but I remember more than they do, even though I wish I didn't. I say this because it is essential to me to convey the shattering I feel in my chest when I think of you holding my father and mother in the same camp, because they are absolutely not. Also, how long do you want this to be? Because there's like two parts of this okay 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 yeah it's almost done okay cool just make it sure i didn't want it to be like way too long okay calling my mom and sister was the first time i was able to release some of the anger i had instead of living in a constantly conflicted state because they were victims of the same abuse i was they just handled it in a different way so could i be angry with them even though they were victims too was it cruel to be angry and the answer is no it was not cruel to be and yes i could be angry I told them as much, and they were both in tears, both horrified and baffled by how they treated me, a response I can tell you my dad has never remotely displayed with any of us. It doesn't erase what they did, and they know that, and though the wounds all feel the same, I know they are not. I know this is why most people who have similarly conflicted relationships with their families will smooth the paper when they speak of them. They will tell you they're close with their family, they love them so much, so perfect, so great. And then, just maybe, if you get them alone on a certain day, they'll tell you they always felt alone, still feel alone. Their family wasn't great. And the very next day, they might deny this to you and everyone else. And if you do this, I want you to know I know why you do it, particularly if one of your family members was just evil and the rest were complicated. Mm. Because you know there's so much goodness in some of your family members and some days, years, lifetimes, it's easier to forgive the deep pain they've caused you when you know that humanity and compassion lives within them and why, fucking why, couldn't they have shown it to you sooner? And the answer might be that someone else in your family had tied their hands behind their back and they couldn't. And it will only make you feel worse. Ah, what could have been. Wow. 
So let me uh, let me upswing from there a little. Yeah, real, real, real <laughs> light. I picked a real light excerpt. Jesus, you're welcome. You're welcome. I know. Uh, I go from being like I'm a human cartoon to being like and my father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, I gotta chew on that. It, you know, because it's it's interesting. The and there's lighter stuff in there too, but it's like there's I gotta talk about the gravity. Well, well. it just when you're angry at family members who were by, are bystanders slash participants. Uh, totally. I think that's something that is complicate you, you hit the nail on the head by saying yeah it's complicated because yeah it, it is complicated because so much of what we hear like when people talk about you know i talk a lot in the book about how like i don't have an easy story like if you tell people like my parents are meth addicts like on some level they're like god it wasn't great but when you're like how do i put this it was bad but not in a way that i can easily sum up in a sentence for you yeah yeah and yeah. yeah so lane I'm just like so in awe of you because you're like, yeah, I'm like in a band and I'm writing this book and I also did this and this and this and this. And um, I'm like trying to uh, maybe make art for 15 minutes a day. So I just wanted to know if you have like a very, uh, are you like a very disciplined person? Do you have like a sit down at the same time every day to work on things? Or are you like just always making things all the time? Or like, how did you do it? <laughs> um and then keep doing it mm. how did you do it and then not immediately <laughs> yes. die um so i think i don't i don't have like a like i whenever i read writers and they're like from eight fifteen and six well i'm like no i don't but none that it's not me at all um it's very intuitive and i wonder sometimes if it's because I've spent so much time by myself and so i think it's forced me to get to know myself really well and so i kind of am very mindful of like you know um when I want to do it and what I want to do. And I think I'm very, I think I'm very self-motivated. I think that part of it, I think a really big part of it, like whenever people are like, how do you do that? I wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, there's a part of me that is tempted to say like, well, have a tremendous amount of pain that you have to put somewhere immediately or you'll die because I don't want to gloss over it and make it sound like, well, I'm just super disciplined and I go to a cafe. No, like I have a lot of feelings and I'm in pain a lot and it has been my coping mechanism. So it's, it's really just like when people say that and it's, you know, and I'm not going to say that like there aren't people out there who are also in pain and struggle with motivation, but that's not my story. My story is that, that is my outlet. When I was a little kid and was trying to escape from my life, I was writing songs. I was trying to hit every single note that every single one of my favorite music, like that's how I have survived in my life. And so, um, I, I, I kind of never stop, but it's because I'm in pain all the time, you yeah. know? So it's a, it's a glass half full, half empty. I don't know. You know, I really appreciate that. Your candor with that. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting because when you get to the other side of a traumatic experience or, uh, a childhood of struggle, et cetera, there's this, there's this funny feeling of when you have the things that you as a child desired, when you have them as an adult, there's, and you're still, it doesn't mean that you're healed. It doesn't mean no. that anything's changed. It I just, just tweeted about this because exactly. It exactly, just, it just yeah. means that you have been able to achieve the things that your first iteration, your child self wanted for you. And now you're your adult self looking forward into the future. And there's a whole next wave of life that's coming your way. Yeah. And they, they, they talk to survivors about, uh, survivors of a domestic abuse, survivors of sexual assault, survivors, people who are do, dealing with grief and this and that. And it's, it, you're not flawed when the world around you 
has failed you when or has changed in some way. Yeah. And now that you have to move forward, I, I'm struggling to put it into terms right now, but basically it's like, there's nothing wrong with still not being happy. Well, that's, that, exactly. that's it. That's, that's what I'm trying what to tried say. To, exactly. Yeah. And that's like, I started tweeting about that the other day because I, I, I like to, I don't want people to think that like now I'm super healed because like I'm now friends with a bunch of my like childhood heroes and it's fucking weird. But like even like so I just did a a book signing at Book Soup and there were all these wonderful people there and some of them were internet friends and some of them have like written my favorite childhood movies or were in my favorite childhood movies and they're all there and they're all my friends and they they came to celebrate me whatever and every time someone complimented me, I like had to grab my own arm and like self-soothe. Yeah, like, of course. It's very painful for exactly, me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so like so this this isn't to say, you know, woe is woe is that who no, is successful. Exactly. It's, and that's not it. But I want to create a full picture of like nothing will ever magically heal you. No relationship, no job. I am still that little kid who still feels lonely and still feels sad and still feels like she doesn't deserve good things. Yeah. And it's surreal to be like, but they're happening now. Yeah. What is this? Well, you're still, you're still you. I know. I yeah. just, <laughs> and I don't want anyone who thinks that idea is so unrealistic to prevent themselves from moving towards it. Like do move in the direction of your goals. Absolutely. It shouldn't dissuade you, but, but there were so many people who were, who responded to the tweet who were like, thank you because everyone keeps telling me like this thing just happened to you. Is this the best time in your life? And I'm still in pain all the time. And I feel like I have no right or I can't be, and I can't tell them that because they'll just shoot me down with like, but this happened. It's like, you don't understand the complexities of like, worth and value and your dreams coming true but who you know what did you go through before that that informs how you feel about your own happiness i'm like yeah and it's just (laughs) yeah and the same goes with relationships when you find if if slash when you find that person it just is its whole other set just fyi everyone this is the 360 moment it's that whole other set (laughs) when you're not alone like it's that whole other set of growth that takes place and difficulty and struggle and challenge. Yeah. And I'm confident that, you know, you seem like you're someone who, who, who not only accepts the challenge, but you, you have no choice. You yeah. have to move forward in the direction <laughs> yeah, of absolutely. your challenges. It's like almost that. like that's your honing beacon. You're like, okay, got it. Totally. I don't care. Yeah. Cause I think that it made this like this really, it made this really like, hungry driven little kid that was just like I will get my way out of this and I will get to my dreams like screw you and you know um but yeah I absolutely I think that that's that's right on because that was something I wanted to to put in the book was that you know the story doesn't end with me uh magically finding love it doesn't end with that partly because I know that even if you do even if you do find love a relationship is never going to totally heal you you're still going to feel alone like you have to be okay with that and not in the cliche way that people will be like, be okay with being alone first, but only do it for like six months. And then Prince Charming will like, no. But my love story in the book ends up being, I got a rescue dog, which is the queerest shit. Oh. But that ends up being my love story, <laughs> which is my rescue dog. So yeah, oh. that's my, like, my soulmate. And so I love that the book ends with like, one of the things that has really helped with my loneliness is like, this dog has shown me unconditional love in a way nobody else ever has. And oh. I'm processing that, but she's magic i gotta show you her like little face i know she's like she's like legitimate magic like you know like it's like babies or it's like everyone everyone thinks thinks their baby's cute but like my dog is literally always smiling and she looks she's just the happiest dog you've ever seen and just stares at me like smiling like i love you i'm proud of you again oh man look at you and i'm like what the fuck is this dog like (laughs) 
but everybody feels that way like i post photos or online and people are like your dog makes me happy when i'm having a hard day i'm like same you're like literally she's the best where is yeah. she i wish she was here i do too i was like you know like publishing isn't like you know just full of money so i'm like sleeping on a couch while i'm out here and like mm. my friend's building couldn't have dogs but mm. i made her a little promise because i don't like being away from her and she doesn't like being away from me it's like very codependent in a nice way mm -hmm. and i was like next time i come out here like i'm bringing you forever like i don't like leaving you for this long period of time Aww. like it's just so she's at home but like can't wait to see her and oh uh, well we can't wait for you to go back and see her yeah. oh my god <laughs> like, fly home now yes <laughs> go get that dog <laughs> like it's like it's a romantic comedy where i'm running to the airport just to get to my dog faster <laughs> I'd so make it's that wonderful. movie. It's so wonderful. <laughs> well, Lane, and also, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Gabby. I, I just want to say I really like how um, you include how to be alone if you want to, you know, because yeah. I feel like it is framed usually as like, well, you did your best, but <laughs> it's just like, sometimes not gonna you work want out to for though. You. Like if life has been really hard, sometimes you're like, screw this. I'm so sick of like trying to form relationships. I'm so sick of trying to get close to people and getting hurt all the time or getting disappointed all the time or treating poorly. Like I think there are absolutely are moments in everyone's life where they're like, screw this. I just want to be by myself. But like, how do I do that? Right, because the right. whole world's telling well, you and, to connect and, and you like, try. Also, especially since we say like, I mean, yeah, I was just talking about this to my therapist he was like he was like you know 80 percent of couples are not happy and i was like oh, fucking what like that's so upsetting but again and that speaks to what we were talking about where it's like you can't rely like we've all been sold this but women in particular have been sold this this lie this myth that like you know um most most books that you read about like trauma or someone who had like a really rough home life they always always end with like and then i met greg and now i'm fine but oh man oh 1998 was horrid and it's mm -hmm. like that's not real <laughs> even if you met meet greg or whoever you meet greg's just triggering f but in a yeah. good way in a good way I, that's disappointing you said 80 percent of couples are unhappy it's real sad. Yeah. Uh, well like also but that i'm speaks like to their own personal it's like that's probably what it is well yeah and it, it didn't solve their yeah problems like also i want to see where this statistic came from like i think <laughs> Yeah, like, totally. It I, seems I, pretty blanket. It seems pretty big and blanket. And yeah. I think that like when you're in a healthy, when you're in a loving relationship, it allows you and your partner to reflect your wounds at each other. Totally. And to heal them. Together. Yeah, Together. ideally. Like that's what it's supposed to be. But I think and most people are alone even when they're in relationships, is that, which you are, but you aren't. But I think that like. You can't turn away you can't. from the work. You can't turn away from the work. If you're with a partner and this is the exact stuff that hurts you. Like I've got a real honesty trigger. So I'm like, what time are you going to be there? And if it's like five and it's like five 30, I'm like, fuck totally. But totally. Yeah. But in partnership, you face the wounds and you move through them and you, yeah. move, and if you're in a good partnership, you move through them together. Yeah, but you I know? think that uh, we don't do that. We that's that's not. I wouldn't. Yeah, be the majority 80, of people don't. Do majority that. people don't do. I it. would say eighty percent. I, I, I was know. gonna say right. Exactly. 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 <laughs> if I had to guess, if I had to guess, <laughs> that's the number I'd pull out on my own with no other information given. What? Um, uh, well, I mean, like this has been just absolutely incredible, and like you know, I wish I could look at you, Gail, because I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have any? Well, other, you know yeah. what? Well, you know what comes up for me, like just on this topic, is. We're pretty young, like, you know, and I feel like I know people who have maybe been together for 10 years, like, but I guess what's not, I'm not, okay, I'm not saying it's not worth it because it's scary and hard, but it's like, I do think about the challenges that I can't even imagine that come up with like 20, 30 years 
down the road like I just imagine what, what? 20 it gets easier. I think so cuz you know I mean, yourself I don't better, know. you can communicate better, but one of my okay, this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Did you see the movie uh the Miranda July movie The Future? Did you see that? Gal, I, did you see it? I didn't, but she's an alum of UC Santa Cruz. <laughs> oh, oh, she is. Go slugs. Go banana slugs. I um I love her. Um I named my band it was romance after one of her short stories. I love her. But um uh, so in the movie The Future, there's a great little line, a little moment I feel like speaks to this. Um, the This like young couple is speaking to this older couple who's been together for like forever. And the older man is like, how many, you know, how long have you and your girlfriend been together? And he was like, oh, long time, five years. And the guy with his wife, like 30 years, is like, oh, that's just the beginning. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Because we do look at it as like, oh, we're going to get five years, ball and chain. It's like, okay, but if that's your soulmate <laughs> and you're meant to be together, like 40 years five years is nothing you're just starting what you have so mm-hmm. I think that that's such a better way to we do look at it in this really negative like oh how long have you been tied to love and it's like <laughs> ew. yeah 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 I so feel I like I like I, I feel like you know and as if we gotta wrap up so I feel like you know it's like as we find our puzzle pieces we have to appreciate the shape our puzzles in like this is my puzzle piece and the more we reject the kind of puzzle shape you are the harder it'll be to fit with somebody you know what I mean kind of yeah it's just like and so like if you're like the I I really appreciate the praise for being alone because as a evolutionary like society like we some of us might want to really enjoy that life or might really enjoy that life and that's totally okay like it's almost as viable an option as being in a relationship but we're not taught anything about that i think it needs to be you know what i mean especially for people who like i've just heard from so many people who are like i have just had a really hard time connecting people the way i want to and makes me feel very alone and i think that that's what it is we're not taught about connection we're not taught to be introspective we're not taught to a lot of people aren't empathetic and it's like it just can be this real. I always liken it to like my trying to connect with people is like trying to find a door in like a room where all the walls have like knives on them. And I'm just like, oh no, that hurts. Oh god, that hurts. No, I don't like. Oh, oh, oh. But like oh, you're totally. taught, you gotta oh, find a dang. door. God, and yeah. I'm tired, and I'm full. I'm very bloody. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're told to just keep going and if find you're, that door. And if it's you're so happy, exhausting. if you're happy, and you're taking care of yourself, and you, of course, like. As much as being in a relationship, there are moments of true struggle. Being in not a relationship, there are moments of true struggle. I, I wish people, I wish society would support people in their singlehood more and be like, like Same. healthy sense of oneness and selfness. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's so well, much. You know, it's, maybe put more, more. Um, uh, it, uh, what's the word? Uh, Wait. I don't know. More of an emphasis on community because if yes. you have well, that's, community, it's like now it's like your partner, quote unquote, is supposed to be like your whole It's supposed to be your whole world. But so see, that's, yeah, and that's a big part of like, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of how to be alone is me talking about like finding little things like smiling at somebody on the street, like just finding community any little way that you can. I don't believe it's just that it can be a friend. It can be your grocery store clerk. Gotta love smiling at baristas. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Just like (laughs) connect however you can connect in a safe way. Speaking of connecting, Lane Moore, if people want to connect with you on the internet. As they should. That's where I live. Yeah. (laughs) Where, where can people find you and where can people find your book? Yeah. um, So how to be alone is available 
at all of the stores that's online. It's on Amazon, all the things. The audiobook is on Audible. Um, I'm at Hello Lane Moore on Twitter and Instagram. There's also a, at Tinder Live um, Instagram and a, a, it was Romance Band for my band on Instagram. And how do you spell Lane Moore? L-A-N-E-M-O-O-R-E. L-A-N-E-M-O-O-R-E. Guys, uh, if you want to check out Lane Moore, please do so. You be the masters of your own universe. <laughs> And then Hannah Gelb, how's everything going on on the Analyze This uh, Analyze Pod Twitter? How's it been? Oh well, it's great. Um, I want to be honest. I was hiding from Twitter for a little while after our previous episode came out because I was so embarrassed um, <laughs> <laughs> because I cried so much. Um, well, but, you know, welcome. man, everyone has been so lovely and supportive, and uh, yeah, it's just the the Twitter is a good place to hang out. So uh-huh. come by, and also I'll probably now start retweeting lots of Lane Moore stuff. So perfect, that'll be fun. Yay. Yeah, I'll 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 do the same. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for being so kind to Hannah Gelb. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, thank always. you. That's nice. And thank you for listening to us. Please uh, love yourselves as much as you love each other. If it's easy to be kind to a stranger, well, why don't you give yourself a little dose? that too absolutely okay ah, buds ah, Hannah Hart Sorry. that's beautiful oh thanks <laughs> thanks buddy now I'm gonna go play Red Dead Redemption love you bye <laughs> <laughs>